So I was asked by a friend if there's any way I can do a topic about the issue with being once saved, always saved. Now I've been trying to figure out how to go about with this and how to explain it better. So if you stick around, I will go into depth from experience with the once saved, always saved to everyday repentance. Hey y'all, welcome to Let Your Light Shine. I'm your host, Tiffany. Oh, okay, this topic can go several different ways, but I want to make sure that the Lord is helping me and guiding me through things that I say and to help open some of y'all's minds. <laughs> um, so a friend of mine wanted me to do a topic on this because there's a lot of people she knows that believe in the once saved, always saved. Now, I know a lot of people who believe in the once saved, always saved. And so maybe they might want to take a a listen to this episode. But anyways, so growing up, I was raised in a church where there was once saved, always saved. And what stood out to me was, you know, well now, now that I know that there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. I remember when I was, I believe I was like five going on six, around there. Now don't quote me because I'm trying to think, but I just, I can't really think back that far. But anyways, I remember I was baptized around that age, but I guess that's the new Christian way of saying that you're saved, um, and that's not true. Um, with... With baptism, now, see, some churches have it all backwards. They ask you, okay, do you believe that um, Jesus Christ is your Savior? You say yes, and then you get baptized. That's not how that works. How being saved works is you sincerely want to change. You sincerely want to be forgiven of your sins and you want to accept the Lord in your heart and live by the Bible and live for the Lord to the best of your abilities. Now, I never had a real encounter of being saved until me and Josh got together. And I remember I was in my bedroom and I was, I was cleaning late night. And before this day happened, I had been to church. I got saved here and there, but it never I never really got a hold of it, if that makes sense. Like, I kind of was like driftwood, just going down a river to and fro, you know. I I had moments where I was, in quotations, saved. Um, and so anyways, I didn't really know what it truly felt to be saved. Until one day I was in my room, like I was just getting ready to say, and I was cleaning and it's just me and Josh's relationship was just kind of rocky at that time. Um, I didn't know how, like I was taking so much as far as church in, so that was kind of stressful. And then, um, 
just other events that had happened in our marriage as far as like bills and all this other stuff. So our relationship was just crazy from the start. So anyways, um, I just started crying and you know, I was like, we need the Lord. We're unequally yoked because Josh wasn't saved. And I was, you know, in quotations (laughs) saved (laughs) because you know, the reason why I say that now is because I actually got an encounter that night. So, like I was saying, I was crying and just praying and praying. And I just lost it. Like, I was so lost in prayer. I don't, I can't even, I can't even explain to you the feeling and the overwhelming joy I had. I wrote a long Facebook post. Some of you guys may remember that, but... I basically testified on Facebook how I was saved and sanctified in one night. Um, I was so happy. It was like an overwhelming joy. Like I wanted to go and tell everybody that I was saved. I wanted to go tell everybody, even people I didn't even know, hey, I just got saved and sanctified and just, just let the overwhelming feeling just flow out of me. That's how happy and like crazy about the Lord I was when I experienced it that night. And since then, I sat back and I think about growing up from 5 to about 12, always saying I was saved, but never really understanding and never really even, if it makes sense, feeling like I'm saved. Like, see, you know, when I was a kid, I would lie a lot. And if I was saved then that means I basically backslid. (laughs) I didn't know any of that, of course, because my church didn't teach any better. But see, every time we do a sin, we're supposed to repent. That's in the Bible. So if you're once saved, always saved. And let's say, okay, I'm just going to throw an example out there. Let's say I'm once saved, always saved, and I go and I lie to Josh about stealing an Oreo cookie. And he asked me, did you take a cookie? And I say, no, I lied, which means I'm not saved, which means I have to repent and go to Josh, make restitution, like, you know, go to him and say, you know what? I lied. I did take a cookie. I'm sorry. And then go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to forgive me my sins but churches don't teach you that they just teach you that you're always saved so so that kind of doesn't make any sense to me because if you lied and you're proclaiming to be once saved always saved you're not once saved always saved it makes it, it just makes no sense I might be confusing some of you but it's confusing just me thinking about it knowing the truth and knowing what's in the bible and don't ever be deceived because some churches will teach you that and that's totally wrong there's no such thing as once saved always saved you have to if you lie if you cheat on your spouse if you steal something if you cuss now cussing apparently some churches are accepting cussing and that's crazy because cussing is a sin and I see a whole bunch of people proclaiming to be Christians and they have mouths like a sailor. I mean, every other word is a cuss word. There's even some people who proclaim to be Christian and 
Now, this is a big argument, and I know what I'm about to say is probably going to stir some fire in some people, but drinking and smoking is a sin. I hate to say that, but I have to be blunt, and I just have to tell the truth. It is a sin. And why is it a sin? Because you're ruining the temple of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible also talks about, I know I'm getting a little off topic, but let me finish this. The Bible talks about how our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, we're supposed to take care of our bodies and all that other stuff. That's why in the Bible it says being a glutton is a sin. Because if you constantly eat and eat and eat and eat and eat, your body is going to slowly kill itself because you're going to get clogged arteries, you're going to have heart issues, you're going to have diabetes, you're going to have all this mess. But anyways, so I don't care what anybody says, smoking and drinking and like I just said, being a glutton, anything that's destroying your body that is supposed to be a living sacrifice unto the Lord is a sin. So anyways, um, and I know I get this thrown at me a lot. Whenever I say that there's no such thing as once saved, I always say that you have to repent every single day. You know, I get, I get people bashing me and they're like, oh, so you're perfect. Oh, so you don't ever commit a sin. Oh, you don't do this. You don't do that. I'm not going to say that I am perfect. Nobody is perfect, but the Bible does say we're supposed to strive to be perfect. But what I say to those people who sit there and ridicule me because I'm just stating facts that's biblical, (laughs) it is biblical, guys. I am not perfect, okay? Every time I pray, before I pray, I always thank the Lord for the sacrifice he did on the cross. But more importantly, before anything, I ask the Lord to forgive me. Why? Because I have not read the whole Bible. And even if I did read the whole Bible, I'm just saying, even if I did read the whole Bible, um, there's not, no, nobody is going to understand. Even if they read the whole Bible, I've heard people since I've been in church say, I've read that scripture over and over again. And it's revealed to me totally different from all those times that I read it. I I see this scripture completely different. So even if I read the Bible, the whole entire Bible, there's no way that things would be revealed to me unless the Lord reveals it to me. If that makes any sense. So guys, by far I am not perfect. But every day I do ask the Lord to forgive me my sins. Because there could be a sin that I'm doing that only the Lord is going to be able to reveal to me. So, yeah, that's just a disclaimer. I'm not perfect. But, anyways, going back to the once saved, always saved. That's why every day I repent. Because, you know, in the Bible, Paul also says that he dies daily. And what I think that scripture means is he's repenting daily. That's what I think. I think when Paul would go into prayer, he would repent every time he prayed. And I think that's what a lot of us should do. Because, I mean, you don't have to, like, if you're in church and you're praying, don't. You know, you don't have to sit there and say it out loud. Lord, forgive me my sins. Or you you mean, well, I mean, you don't, that's like a personal thing. That's like a personal prayer. Um, I do pray that at church, but I don't like announce it super loud. Like I'll just, you know, pray amongst myself and ask the Lord to forgive me my sins and stuff because, you know, there could be a sin that I'm unaware of that I'm doing. And I, and after I say that, I always ask the Lord to reveal it to me if there's anything that I'm doing wrong to convict my heart and to help me be obedient to his will and his way. So 
there's a ton of scriptures that people can look up about, you know, what I just said about, you know, Paul and his dying daily and salvation and all that other stuff. Um, also with salvation, I, I, I'm going to get the pamphlet from church Sunday. When I go to church Sunday, I will see if there's a pamphlet on that so I can go into depth, but I'm just basically sharing what I know. Um, so there's salvation, which is like I said earlier, it's when you truly want to repent of your sins and you ask the Lord to come into your heart and you want to live the best of your abilities and read your Bible and try to live close to the Bible as possible. And salvation is a very important thing because salvation is what gets you into heaven. I know a lot of people believe, oh, I can just say I believe in God and still cuss and smoke and drink and everything else. But there is scripture where it talks about how the Lord doesn't hear a sinner's prayer. And that's that's kind of scary to just, you know, hear some people say that because you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just scary. It's scary to me when I see people, especially on Facebook, on these mommy groups, they say that. And I mean, I, who am I to judge? You're right. Cause I get that a lot too. A lot of people say, Oh, you know, you can't judge. The Bible says judge not lest you be judged. But then that's the only thing they read. But if they keep reading, they'll notice that there's more to that scripture, but that's a whole nother topic. But anyways, So there's salvation and then there's sanctification. Now a lot, a lot of of churches, (laughs) a lot of churches do not teach sanctification. Why? I do not know. Maybe they just don't believe in sanctification. I mean, I, I don't know. It beats me, but I will have to go into detail about sanctification later. Um, but it's, you know, you get saved and then you get sanctified and then you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, what I can explain to you what sanctification means from experience. Sanctification helps you. It doesn't give you power like the Holy Ghost does in a way. But it, but sanctification does help you with sins that you used to do. Like here, I'm going to share an example. I used to dip. Yes, I used to pack my lip with chewing tobacco. I used to smoke. Oh, if I didn't have dip or I didn't have cigarettes, I lost it. I would get massive headaches. I had to have nicotine. So when I got, when I actually got a hold of the Lord and I got saved and I got sanctified, all of the, the Adamic nature, all of that stuff that I did was completely gone. And our friends don't believe me and Josh when we tell them, if you just got saved, if you just got a hold of the Lord, all of that stuff would just be gone. They don't believe us. And I didn't believe anybody when they told me neither. But, you know, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But anyways, so when I got sanctified, saved and sanctified, I, I'm not even joking. The smell of cigarettes made me sick. It, I went from craving it that, that same morning. I craved it bad, but Joshua, we didn't have money, so we couldn't buy cigarettes. I craved it that morning so bad. I was getting so grumpy. That's basically 99.9% of the reason why we fought was over cigarettes and dip because we both were nicotine fiends at that time. And so that night, it was all gone. The desire, the temptation, all of it, 
It was repulsive. I wanted to throw up. I didn't even care for cigarettes. I want anybody who smoked around me, literally, I would go to town. We went to town the next day after I was saved and sanctified. And there was a car next to me. We were, if any of y'all live in Mayfield, we were by um, Walmart, like the corner of Pizza Hut, where Pizza Hut is. And then you've got AutoZone and stuff. That Okay, we were right there. And literally, I was in the passenger seat. There was a guy to my right. And he was smoking, blowing out the window. And it somehow magically traveled into our car. And I was like, ooh, I was gagging. I wanted to throw up. I couldn't breathe. You know why? That's because the Lord saved and sanctified me. So all of the desire that I used to have, all of the cravings I used to have, were no longer. That is true salvation. That is true sanctification. And who, I mean, what would have happened if I didn't know and I didn't get a hold of the Lord and I didn't get an actual experience with the Lord? What do you think would have happened? I probably would have kept smoking, thinking it was okay when it's not, and just going around proclaiming that I'm this Christian and I'm and that I'm saved and I'm not. And people, I think a lot of people need to hear more testimonies like that because a lot of people don't think that um, okay. A lot of people think that turning to the world for help with addictions is the answer and it is not turning to the Lord for addictions is the answer and that's just an example that I can show you about true salvation and sanctification and that was a struggle I had and the Lord knew that was a struggle that I had I had another struggle it was it was like basically shorts and jeans you know that Satan really battled me for a while after I got saved and sanctified because, you know, I felt led to wear skirts. I felt conviction. So, you know, I would see some of our old people, because when I first moved to California, when I first moved here, I wasn't saved. Y'all know that. But anyways, the people we used to hang around with, they'd wear shorts and pants and, you know, tank tops and all that other stuff. So I kind of felt ugly and I felt like Josh was going to leave me because I wear skirts and I dress like a granny as all of our friends call me. I dress like a grandma. (laughs) Um, So be it if I dress like a granny. (laughs) But anyways, and that was another thing that, that I had to have the Lord help me with was staying true to my conviction, but that's a whole nother topic. But anyways, when you get saved and sanctified, you see a change in that person's life. You start to see things that that person used to do and they have no desire to do. Now, I'm not going to share this person's name or what church they went to, but there's a person that I know who proclaims to be Christian and that this individual is saved. But after they would say that, they would guzzle down wine coolers and beers and alcohol. Not only that, but smoke. And not only that, they would cuss. Yeah, like, I mean, every other word was a cuss word. And I'm sitting there just scratching my head in a puzzled look like, you are what? (laughs) And I'd already talked to this individual and they know where I stand and I know where this individual stands. But... Like I said, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And that's why when you plant the seed, you have to step back and let the Lord work. 
that scripture that where he says i must decrease so he he can increase or i'm probably saying that wrong but anyways that's basically this is basically my intake on salvation now i can make a part two of this and go into more depth with scripture and stuff but every time i try to go into scripture with somebody who believes in once saved always saved it turns into an argument and see when it turns into an argument that's when i want to back off and the reason why i want to back off is because i don't want to be in the wrong spirit if somebody doesn't want to see it the way that it is not so much the way that I want it to be because it's not me it's the Lord it's scriptural then I can't do anything else as far as just show them and talk with them and let God work that's all I can do so as far as these Facebook debates to my friend who requested to do this whole salvation issue honestly I'm I'm saying this out of love but I would not even argue the only way see now I don't know this individual's personal walk with the Lord but if this individual who made a request for me to make this this podcast if you have actually witnessed a true experience with the Lord you truly got saved you felt it and you got sanctified then you have a better chance explaining it to these people on Facebook instead of not experiencing the Lord like do you see what I'm saying like it's hard for you to go up against somebody who's never experienced it if you've never experienced it so to this individual who wanted me to do a podcast episode on true salvation which I need to make a part two because I don't feel like I covered everything that I should have covered. Um, I encourage you, if you don't already have a true experience with the Lord, seek the Lord for a true experience with Him, which you probably have. I don't know. I haven't talked to you since the last time we talked, but um, grab a hold of the Lord and truly go into prayer on your knees, cry out to the Lord and repent of anything Or ask the Lord to help you with anything if there's like a struggle or an addiction or anything. Not just saying this to you, but I'm saying this to anybody now. (laughs) Sorry, I should have like switched that over. (laughs) But in order for us to explain what true salvation is, we have to experience it ourselves. Because when we experience it ourselves, it goes a lot smoother. (laughs) And I can tell you my experience of true salvation I will never ever forget it I was crying uncontrollably I was rejoicing I wanted to go outside and go tell my landlord because at the place we lived at our landlord lived next to us so I wanted to just go and rejoice and tell him and tell the Mexicans that live next to us who was the maintenance guy I just wanted to go and tell everybody what the Lord done for me but of course you know it was like 12 o'clock at night and so (laughs) I would have looked crazy running to the neighbors and saying you know what the Lord just did to me he just saved and sanctified me and just crying they would have been like okay looney tune there she needs to go to looney bin so yeah but I did post all over Facebook um and 
I mean, I just went into depth and detail because it was amazing. It it truly, truly was amazing. And I'm just a disclaimer, I am not downing anybody in this episode. I'm just trying to encourage and be honest because a lot of churches are very deceitful. A lot of churches say that it's okay to live in a double marriage and it's not. That's also a sin. Like there's so many, there's, let me, let me just, because I'm kind of getting off topic and I really don't want to get into divorce or marriage, but just here's a thought to think about before anybody gets upset at me or anything. Just, just think about this. If there was no sin, meaning if smoking wasn't a sin, drinking wasn't a sin, cussing wasn't a sin, adultery wasn't a sin, fornication, okay, then why did Jesus die on the cross for our sins? If there's no sins. Like, if there's no such thing as, you know, cussing being a sin, or sleeping with your best friend, your husband's best friend, or just an example, um, or cussing like a sailor or I don't know drinking I mean I don't know like then what is sin if none of those things are sinful then what is sinful you know what is a sin why did Jesus die on the cross if if none of those things are sinful just a thought so if you ever if you're I don't know I don't want to say if you're in if you're not in my church because you know I don't want to say that but if you're in a church here yeah I'll say it this way if you're in a church and they don't live by any standards like they don't live like what I mean by standards is they don't live like the bible they don't have true doctrine you need to step back and get away from that church and find a church that does And with that being said, see, there is some people who don't want to because they don't want to find a church that's got true doctrine because they just don't, they want to live in the flesh. And really there's nothing you can do there, but that's the sad truth to it too. You know, you can't really blame the pastors because, I mean, you can, but then you can't because you ultimately decide where you go, where you take your kids, where your husband goes, where yourself goes, you know, you are the, like, I mean, you're not the head of house, but you decide what your ears listen to. You are in charge of what your eyes see. You're in charge of what comes out of your mouth. You're in charge of everything. And if a church is not preaching true doctrine, then that is not a church that the Lord wants you to be at. And yes, I did say that. And I know a lot of people are not going to be happy with that, but it is the truth. Your soul is worth way more than sitting in a church just to make your flesh happy. That's a no-no. You don't do that. (laughs) You need to go where you're spiritually fed with the truth. And I'm so thankful because I, before me and Josh got married, I wanted to be in a church that was not oh you know don't do this it's a sin and then they do that very same sin after church is over with or like I'm explaining in this video there basically is no sin like then why do you go to church (laughs) so I'm thankful that the Lord brought me to a church where I'm being fed true doctrine now does everybody agree with 
for example, the 29 teachings or advice to members? No. That's a whole other subject. But no, nobody, not a lot of people agree with those things. But I agree with it because I feel like there's safety in it. But like I said, that's a whole other topic. But anyways, so go to a church where you're being fed true doctrine. Do not go to a church where you're being told lies and you're getting a sugar-coated gospel because you know what's going to happen? It'll be all fine and dandy. Your flesh is well-pleased up until the Lord takes you. And then you're going to be in hell. And there is no turning back. And that is true. So I'm debating on doing a part two to this because I feel like I need to have more scripture, you know, to kind of back what I'm saying up. But then... You know, I want to do something about sanctification. And, you know, I don't even, I don't really know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. But I did want to do this for for a friend who asked me to do it and to go into depth. And if that helps, I hope it did. <laughs> if it does help. Um, and if you're a little, if I didn't answer your question correctly. Or if, you know, I didn't really... Um, explain it better then just message me and I can do a part two of this video but this I just I don't know I just want to encourage anybody who is listening who doesn't know me I want to encourage you to seek the Lord and find his will and remember there is no such thing as once saved always saved that is a lie and I don't care if your pastor is a millionaire and he looks at you and says, don't listen to anybody who does not believe in once saved, always saved, because they are the devil. Don't believe them. We're not the devil. They are. <laughs> so that's basically all I had for this um, devotion. Um, and plus it was requested that I share this about true salvation because I had a personal experience with it so I hope that I described it good enough and that's basically all I had so I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast um, I hope you guys enjoyed it and I really really hope that I'm sorry, I am recording in my hashtag studio, which is my hashtag minivan, and the dog is like surrounding the minivan barking at random things. So if you heard any barking during the podcast episode, I am sorry, but my recording studio is the minivan. <laughs> so yes, if you heard barking, I do apologize. He is like a guard dog he's a very good boy and he protects me every time I'm out here since that coyote incident so yeah he just looked at the van and barked at the van so anyways um, I did ask you guys to answer the questions as far as the fall topic now I won't rush anybody into doing it because hopefully when fall gets here I will be able to do another fall um, episode excuse me so if you haven't given me an answer you have until the first day of fall which is September 23rd to answer any of the questions that I had asked 
in my previous fall episode. So if you have not listened to my fall episode, go check it out. Um, And there's another episode after that that I did. And it was my interesting encounter with a very interesting thing. But I won't spoil it for you if you haven't already heard it. So go check that out as well. Also, I did want to give a shout out to my sister-in-law. She has a YouTube page. It's called The Cox Coop. And she does vlogging. um, And I just do podcasts. So I think hers is more interesting than mine. (laughs) But go check her out on YouTube. I love her content. I love how she is with those sweet babies. And she's a sweet soul and a great sister-in-law. And over the course of me being in this family, I feel like we've gotten to know each other a whole lot more and our relationship has grown since the very beginning. But yes, go subscribe and tap the bell and you'll get notified of any upcoming videos that she does post. She's trying to reach a thousand subscribers and if she can reach a thousand subscribers, she has a prize that she's going to hand out to one lucky winner. So yeah, go check her out. And um, that's basically it for news. (laughs) Actually, I do have one more news to share and I will keep sharing this until it happens. Ladies retreat for Tennessee. It is November 1st through the 3rd and it is in Tennessee somewhere. I don't really know the location. I know it's where we have family camp. So if anybody is interested in going or attending, I encourage you to go. Hopefully the Lord works it out to where I can go because I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm trying to think of any other news and I can't think of anything. Remember, I will take prayer requests. So if you do have a prayer request, don't be shy. Send it in um, or message me on Facebook. Just don't be shy. Or if you just love the podcast and you just want to send a message or send a voice message, um, just go ahead and do it here on Anchor or you can message me on Facebook. Don't be shy. It's okay. (laughs) I love feedback and I will keep saying that. I really want feedback from my listeners because that's the only way I can improve my podcast is from you guys. So let me know what you think. I don't care what it is. If you hate the show, let me know. So if there's anything that I can do to improve it, then I will do. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and hop off here. God bless you guys. And I love you all. And I will talk with you on the next episode. Bye.